It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Uh, that introduction, Anthony, made me think. We haven't had Sam Fortier on in a while. Should do that soon. Yeah, we definitely should, you know, get our fellow Orangemen on the program. Has, hasn't been a while. Start the new year as well. So I didn't set this up this way because I didn't know that Anthony was going to play that open, but we are having a fellow Orangeman on the show today. Yes, we are. Andrew Siciliano, NFL Network, also Reston, uh, Reston, Virginia's own. He will join us coming up at 4.30 to discuss the top story of the day, which is that the commanders are interviewing Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn. Uh, that is our top story, not because all of a sudden we think those two are the favorites. That is just chron- chronologically speaking, the interviews that are actually happening today. Uh, they are virtual interviews, obviously. Uh, ben Johnson of the Lions is tomorrow. Uh, our guy, did we get Tim confirmed for tomorrow? Yep, we got Tim at 5 p.m. Love that. Tim Twentyman, who was awesome when we had him on uh, when the Commanders played the Lions last year. He's going to join us for Inside on Ben Johnson tomorrow, so it's not like we're ignoring the top candidate in the eyes of many. Uh, just so happens that today, Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn are going to interview, of course, Morris the current defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams. Andrew, on top of being L.A.-based and, and hosting on NFL Network every day, also is around the Rams a lot as he does their uh, preseason games on television. So uh be great to get Andrew's insight into Raheem, uh, a guy that pl- I know plenty of people that know as well. And he, to me, is one of the most interesting candidates of this cycle for certainly Washington, but really for anybody because he has the most unique resume of anybody out there. And I don't know that I even fully understood everything that he's done. Like, I can read a resume like everybody else. But um, this morning, Anthony, we recorded Take Command, as we uh, do a couple times a week. And some of that conversation you will hear at 5 o'clock today. But Logan was in Atlanta with Dan Quinn and Rahi Morris. So we'll, you'll get Logan's reflections coming up at 5 o'clock. Um, but... He talked about like how much he did, and I, I guess the, the, the veer that I didn't really understand in Raheem Morris's career was when he started coaching offense. And I was like, well, he went back to defense. He must have not been that good at it, but that's really not what it was. He's just a tremendous defensive coach, but he actually was really instrumental in the development of some very good football players in Atlanta. Um, probably chief amongst them. I mean, the best player that he coached was Julio Jones, and those were Julio's best years. So I would definitely think that the defensive perspective that Raheem was able to bring as a defensive backs guy to Atlanta under Kyle Shanahan, who he obviously knew from his time here in Washington together, uh, could be another member of the 2013, uh, 2012, whatever year you want to pick coaching staff that winds up being an NFL head coach. Of course, Ra has already been a head coach in the league, but probably got that job a little too young. Um, was just 33 at the time, and and I don't see him as a retread because of that. This is a guy that is, you know, more traditionally would have paid his dues and probably got a head coaching job a couple years ago if he didn't have that Tampa thing on his resume. Point being, what the perspective that he brought to Atlanta helped Julio have some of his best years. And then you combine that with guys like Mohamed Sanu, who was absolutely a project at wide receiver. Like, this is a former college quarterback who converted, tremendous athlete, and Raheem was there when they went to the Super Bowl. And it was a key, key part, passing game coordinator, in fact, um, if I'm remembering correctly, but certainly wide receivers coach, on Kyle Shanahan's staff. Like, Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust just anyone with his offense. And Raheem Morris had that trust. And so 
I would certainly assume that since he left ultimately and uh, when Dan Quinn was fired in, in 2020 um, and went and joined Sean out in Los Angeles and has done a pretty good job with that defense out there this year, had to do a lot of adjusting and, and they, they shirted it up by the end of the year to help them go on that run and ultimately, you know, come up just short in the playoffs. Not really his unit's fault. If the offense could have scored anything in the red zone, uh, perhaps Los Angeles advances. Instead, they kick a bunch of field goals and, Detroit wins that game by one, but Morris would pro like he's so plugged in, and it's something that I think is is interesting when you think about head coaches. And this is something that I would, to an extent, worry about with Ben Johnson as well. Um, ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, these younger guys, and something that a guy like Sean and a guy like Kyle have been able to overcome. So obviously, you can overcome this. It's just something that you have to have a good answer for in the interview. Is like, who are your people? Who's your staff? Do you have relationships with older coaches, potentially, to bring in, and younger coaches? Like, do you have the relationships around the league if you haven't been around a ton? And a guy like Raheem could build one of the best staffs in the league. I mean, there's a lot of irony in what I'm about to say, but, like, Frank Reich built what was supposed to be an all-star staff last year in Carolina. It went miserably but that's also because despite the fact that a lot of people like Frank Reich he didn't really bring in a cohesive staff it's something that I think would be prevented from happening here um, one because I think the oversight of a guy like Adam Peters would be very helpful two Josh Harris believes in kind of getting everybody on the same page in terms of a vision and three, I'd like to think Raheem Morris would be smart enough to go like yeah I see how Kyle did this I see how Sean did this. It's very important that we have people that are on the same page on our defensive and offensive staffs. Um, we're not going to make that mistake. So hopefully that would be the case. But in terms of an actual network, Raheem Morris, his, everybody loves that guy. I, you can't find someone in the NFL who doesn't like Raheem Morris. It just every, I mean, I'm sure you can, but like that guy probably sucks. <laughs> probably. Because you know, you're around the combine every year, you know, you're going, you're at the Super Bowl, you're at all these NFL events and, um, you just, you just hear nothing but great things about, about Rod. I'm sure Andrew Siciliano, when he joins us at 430, will tell us the same thing. And that's exciting to me. Someone who has a vision of what an offense can look like and has been a part of it on a detailed level and what a defense can look like and has, has run some of the best ones in the league over the last two and a half decades Still young, has that energy. People love him. He's a dynamic personality. Like I think Raheem Morris is going to probably get a job again, whether it's this year, or next year. I, I think he's going to be up for it, and I I think he is someone who could be a very good head coach, and I think would do a very good job here and could build a very good staff here. I also think Dan Quinn could could do that as well because many of the things I just said about Raheem Morris are also true about Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is a guy that Logan Logan described as a fresh uh, a breath of fresh air when he got to Atlanta. He had been here, seen things go south with the Shanahan's. He gets cut in 2016 by Jay uh or 2015 by Jay. He goes to Chicago. That Chicago team was terrible and a mess. And he goes to Atlanta in 2017 and it was like a whole different job. And Quinn was responsible for creating that place that people enjoyed going to work. He's also made mistakes in how he built that, especially in the aftermath of Kyle leaving. 
uh, and who they paid, how much they paid them, the roster. Like, there's some GM issues that happened at that time in Atlanta as well where they needed Matt Ryan to play like Matt Ryan 2015 and or 2016, and he never got to that level again once Kyle left for San Francisco. Um, but they paid him so much they couldn't build out the roster. So that was part of the issue, but also, like, I, I think an interesting story that Logan shared with, with me today um, on the pod, I'm not betraying trust here, is that like after Dan Quinn got fired in Atlanta, Logan was one of the people he called and was like, hey, dude, what did I do wrong? Like, where did it go wrong? What are some things that I can improve on? And that reflective nature, I think, is encouraging. And it's why I've said, like, do I have my favorites? Yes. This Is is this me endorsing Raheem Morris or Dan Quinn? I mean, first of all, I would say Morris over Quinn, just to, to for whatever that's worth. Two, um, am I saying that I... I'm endorsing either of these guys over the guys that I have been higher on all along, mainly Johnson from Detroit. No, but there's a lot of good candidates in this cycle. Like, if you're looking for a head coach right now in the league, which, by the way, a quarter of the league is. There are eight of 32 jobs open. That is 25% of the NFL is looking for a head coach right now. You can find a good one. Someone who should be good if you surround them with the right people and you make sure that they surround themselves with the right people. Um, so that's, that's exciting. I think for Washington, ultimately, do I think that Johnson is probably the better candidate? Someone who's a little more innovative, who seems to be a little bit more dynamic, um, who really has helped build a culture in Detroit in a way that, uh, matters and has helped them win a bunch of football games along with Dan Campbell, obviously being the main driver there as the head coach. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do I wonder about who Ben Johnson knows throughout the league because he's been with Campbell for most of his career? Like who does... Who are his relationships? Who are the people that he would bring with him? Uh, and, you know, I think Adam Peters and Ben Johnson being the top candidates would make this place very appealing to bring people with you. People are going to want to come work here, which is the first time that we've been able to say that for a long time. Um, I'd have the same questions about Mike McDonald uh, coming from Baltimore. He's literally only coached for the Harbaugh's. John, for most of his career, starting as an intern in 2014, all the way up to what he is now as the defensive coordinator. And his one uh, year that he wasn't with the Ravens, he was with Michigan, where he was the defensive coordinator there. So, like, a pop pro, you've been at every level of one of the top organizations in the sport. Negative, you haven't seen how it's done elsewhere, and there's only so many people you meet when you stay in one place. So these are the kinds of questions that I I wonder. These are the kinds of things that you worry about. And these are the kinds of things that, like, if you are actually Adam Peters and Bob Myers and Rick Spielman and Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails and Magic Johnson, David Blitzer, the people doing the interviews, these are the questions you're asking. I don't know the answers. And I think it's really easy for all of us in radio world and all of us in fan world to be like, that's my favorite guy. But realistically... What do we know if we don't know those answers? That's, that's I think, what's most interesting. Um, but with that said, you know, based off what we know, Johnson's still the guy that I probably like the most. Um, what he does is really, really great. He's very good at it. He has a clear vision for it. Um, but guys like Morris and Quinn, I think, are also fantastic candidates, and I'm glad that Washington is talking to them today and kind of running out all the ground balls of the top candidates around the league. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. You can give us a call at 301-230-0980. Thoughts on the head coaching search as it is ongoing. 
888-900-0980. Andrew Siciliano joins us at 430. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. You can give us a call on the Ace Law listener line, 301-230-0980. It's 301-230-0980. Of course, we're always streaming live on YouTube as well. I see the fine board behind me. Um, We need to update that because Anthony and I finally got ourselves lunch today. Hey, you owe me money. I do, and I never knew what I owe. That's that's probably about. I know I having. owe you forty percent of whatever the total price was, though. Yeah, that is true. So I will. Uh, I, it wasn't very much, but I okay. will. Uh, I'll let you know. Gracias. Um, and then, and then, hopefully, none of us make mistakes, and we don't have to buy each, ourselves a show lunch because we owe it to ourselves for being bad at the show mm. anytime soon. Uh, but we can we can wipe the the one that we owe ourselves. Off the off the fine board in just a moment. Uh, right now, though, we'll take co- your calls 301 230 0980. Let's go to Paul in DC to get us started. Paul, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show. Yeah, it's always good to uh, talk with you because you come up with some really good, strong points, man. I, I, I like Morris, I didn't know without a doubt, but also I like the Jason that's out in Detroit, too, man. Uh, but but uh, Dan Quinn, man, they're trying to run him out of Dallas, man. They don't even want him there. So, so do we want Quinn or, or, or what? I oh, man, Paul's phone's dying. Actually, I'm going to put – let's tell you what. I, I, I'm curious in what his Dan Quinn point is. So Anthony, double-check his phone. We'll come to Scott. We'll come back to Paul in a second. Scott, uh, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show. Hey, man, appreciate it. You got hey, it. I, I love the OCs. But I like the um, the D.C. out of Baltimore better, McDonald. Uh, reason why is this. Got three reasons. One, he's on a winning organization that plays tough schedules year after year. They always play in the number one or the number two schedule. They got two or three uh, playoff teams in their division, and they play outside well in the winter. And so if he brings that culture here on the defense, that defense will help keep us settled when our young quarterback is not having their best game or stretch of two or three bad games, it'll keep us in game. So I like to see what they can do about getting him in. Yeah, no, I, I like McDonald a lot. Thanks, Scott. Um, I, I think McDonald's super interesting because he, like, he has used, they're very talented in Baltimore. But I think it's important to remember that good teams have talent. Like, a coach, a coach succeeding with talent means he's a good coach, not the other way around. Um, not that just like, oh, it's the talent. Like, yeah, he's how many times have we seen good talent go to waste here? I would love someone who's good at identifying talent and good at using it as a head coach. That would be sick. Um, but he does a really good job with it. And I think the the schedule points a really good one. Like every year they're gonna face really tough competition. And whether he was the intern ten years ago or now the defensive coordinator, he's been a part of that continued success. I also think like they are an offense that let Lamar cook a little bit more this year, but generally speaking, has been kind of a run first. Like we're gonna, we need our defense to play well. They play very good complementary football, and when you're gonna have a young quarterback, I don't mind that as a head coaching uh, style. Like unless my young quarterback is like Andrew Luck, uh, what he was coming out. And I know obviously his career wound up being super weird, but if I got Peyton Manning coming out, I got Joe Burrow coming out. Like sure. 
we can worry a little less about complimentary football because we got one of them dudes. If we got Patrick Mahomes, we can play a little less complimentary football because I got one of them dudes, and I'm worried about making sure his dude potential goes to a million. But McDonald, for most quarterbacks, I think would be a great head coach in a lot of ways. The question I would always have for a defensive uh, coach is going to be, what what's your offensive identity and how do you maintain it uh, if the, if your offense is successful and you lose your OC? Because that's harder to replace than an offensive coordinator replacing a DC in the other direction. DCs are just easier to find than than good OCs and defenses. It's really more that defenses are easier to install than offenses. Um, so that would be that would be thing one. And thing two, like I mentioned earlier, like what's his network like? I like I, what kind of staff is he going to hire? I just I don't know. Um, that's not me saying, whereas like Raheem Morris, it's pretty obvious he's going to hire people off of the Kyle Shanahan tree and the Sean McVay tree because those are the people that he's worked with. I don't know exactly who the OC is that comes in with uh, with Mike McDonald. It just, it's less obvious. He probably has an idea, which is why, you know, they're they're interviewing him. Uh, let's go back to Paul. Paul, you were, you were talking about Dan Quinn and, and your thoughts on him. Uh, fired up. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming back to me. Yeah, yeah uh, Dan Quinn. Uh, you know, because I have, uh, uh, you know, relatives down in uh, Texas, and they ready to give them to us. And then I heard the guy. I think it was uh, Dan, Dan and Grant, and uh, Dan and Granny. You know what I mean? Uh, Grant and Danny. And they were talking to the guy that's that's down in uh, Texas, and uh, he was evaluating them. You know, he wanted the evaluators. And he was talking the same thing, man. He said, man, they really want Dan Quinn out of there, man. So I think Dan Quinn is going to be a healthy choice for, for some somebody. I just like the two youngins. I like Morris, even though he's been with us for a while, and I'll take the other Johnson. But also one of the callers just before me talking about McDonald, I like him too, man. Yeah. I, I just like the position that we're in right now. I agree, Paul. I think thanks again for the call and for sticking with it with through the phone trouble. I think Washington is in such a good spot because they're the head coaching candidates – this cycle seemed to be really good. Even like the second tier candidates, your retreads, I think, are are good, so to speak. Like Dan Quinn, I mean, shoot, if you want to count Bill Belichick as a retread, like he's the greatest coach of all time. Do I want him here particularly? No. But like, is, is Atlanta smart to go after Belichick? Hell yeah. Their roster's really good. And if Belichick can take that talent and get the most out of it, like Atlanta could be really good next year. If that's who they they go with, um, you know, Quinn goes to Seattle and and inherits that secondary, like right back to where they were when he was the DC under Pete. Like that, he knows the culture there. He knows what they want to do. Like you keep Shane Waldron as the OC. Like you can cook with Dan Quinn as your head coach in in Seattle. The problem is going to be when Shane Waldron gets a head coaching job next year. What do you do offensively? Did Dan Quinn learn from his previous mistake? And is he grooming someone to take over a year from now, assuming that Waldron continues to grow and his stock continues to rise? Like, these are the questions that I would have, and I would hope they have good answers. But I'm also, you know, with the callers here, like the young guys I think are are super interesting. I think they're ready um, in in most cases to to come on and do the job. And, you know, they'll have some learning to do, but you surround them with good people. And Adam Peters, by the way, is a great resource for that. He saw how Kyle, like he was there, because that's one of the things too that I think is is great about Peters is he was there from day one in San Francisco. He watched how Kyle and was a part of how Kyle built the organization 
to be this team with a very clear, distinct identity. And not that it has to be the same identity as they have in San Francisco, although if you can do it, being a tough son-of-a-gun football team with a great offense and a great defense and great players is a pretty darn good formula. It's just hard to repeat. But he saw how it was built from an infrastructure standpoint. Like That's really, really powerful. You need the head coach to make sure that you get it right, and Kyle was as good of a choice as you could have, um, even if he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. But... Like you, you gotta, you gotta have the pieces around support staff and you know your coaching staff, et cetera. And I think Adam Peters can help whoever it is that comes in build that same infrastructure here in Washington. All right, we'll get back to some more calls later on in the show. Next, though, uh, we are on the phones on the guest line. Andrew Siciliano joins us from NFL Network. Next, it's the Hoffman Show here on a Thursday and Team Nine Eighty always live. On the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. It's our pleasure to welcome back a friend of the show from Syracuse University, from Reston, Virginia, the one, the only, Andrew Siciliano. Andrew, what's up, man? How are you? How are you? Do I have to call you? <clears throat> Do I have to call you Hoffman, or or to, can I call you Craig? You can call me Craig. Why would you call me Hoffman? Well, I mean, it's just like the, like the the branding coming in. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's true. I mean, I it, either one. I respond to both. I responded to worse, honestly. I mean, either those are my we two preferred. Have. But you yeah. know, we've all we've all been there. Uh, of course, Andrew, host of uh, many shows on and many of the live coverage you've been watching of all the coaching carousel and playoff coverage and free agency and all the things on NFL Network, but also uh, the play by play voice in the preseason for the Los Angeles Rams, which is specifically why I wanted to have him on. Today, uh, Andrew, as you well know, the commanders are interviewing, amongst others, Raheem Morris today for their vacant head coaching position. You've, you've gotten to know him over the years being out there in L.A. Like, What do you think of Raheem Morris's potential uh, a second time around as a head coach, as a much wiser, more seasoned man than the 33-year-old who got three years at the helm of Tampa all those years ago? I think he will be much better. I think um, like a lot of head coaches who got that first bite of the apple probably a little bit too soon. And I think Raheem would admit that it was probably a little bit too soon. Um, a decade later, remember he had the interim tag there for a little bit in Atlanta as well, but a, yep. a decade later, he is a much wiser um, man, coach, leader, all of these things. He's a better football coach, too, just for a decade extra of experience. But I, I love the guy. Honestly, I, I can't endorse him enough. He is, um, I mean, get away from the X's and O's for a little bit. Um, as a people person as a leader as a source of energy and it isn't fake it's not like rah rah scream yell loudest guy in the room energy it's not that he has an electricity to him and maybe that's not even the right word like i've never seen a guy without a smile on his face and it's like genuine good-natured energy it's hard to really put into words but um I i can't speak better of a guy uh, what he will do for a building a room we overuse the word culture all the time in these interviews but for all of that I I think Raheem Morris is that guy honestly yeah I mean that's the thing I I didn't I didn't set you up with this way the uh, question wise but I, I could have led you in that direction by saying I've never met someone who doesn't absolutely love the guy, what do you think of him? Which could have set you up to give the answer you gave, or be the first guy to say something bad about Raheem Morris. 
Uh, apparently, it would have been the former, not the latter. Do you have any specific stories that can kind of illustrate that? I mean, as you said, it's kind of an omnipresent thing with him, but is there anything that immediately pops to mind kind of story-wise uh, from whether it's interaction in a meeting or, or seeing sure. him on the sideline, whatever it may be? Yeah, you know, he's um, he's so comfortable in his own skin. Like, you just, just watch him on the podium. There's no fakeness or all right, how do I say this here? Because I know I'm being filmed and maybe this will be used in the other team's building against us this week as motivation. He's not that guy. He's just so comfortable because he knows he's not going to step in it. But um, I, I think there are, there are two stories. Number one, it's well-documented, just you know the way he saved a kid's life in Vegas at the pool last offseason. That's number one. Number two, um, he has, the last couple of years, we're very lucky with the Rams in the preseason in that Sean um, – puts the headset on and is an analyst with us live on the field. Basically, I say analyst. He's calling plays and coaching while on headset for at least one drive a game in the preseason. Um, and it's great that he's able to do that and that he allows um, his staff to do that. Well, Raheem does it as well. And Raheem, uh, like, honestly, he wants to stay on for, for multiple drives. He's a ham. Um, he understands it's the preseason. I'm, I'm not trying to suggest he's not taking the game seriously. He is. But normally in the preseason, he has one of his assistants um, actually call the defense during the game, and Sean does the same thing. He doesn't call plays. One of his assistants, usually his OC, that doesn't call plays in the regular season will call it. Um, so Raheem joins us on headset. He's hysterical. He's comfortable. He jokes. Um you know, I, I've given him grief off there that why does he even need to be down there? Why doesn't he come upstairs and just <laughs> sit with us the entire game? Um, he claims he has lobbied to do that but gets turned down. Um, he would do it. He has a future in television if he wants to. Um, I, I know that's a long-winded example, but he, he's – I mean, he'll be your best friend, put it that way, if he gets there. Uh, like, he, he makes everyone feel like they're his best friend but doesn't do it in a way that seems contrived or he wants something back from you. That's great. That's really good. And now uh, I feel like, Anthony, we need to go back in the uh, in NFL Game Pass archives and find the Raheem Morris uh, drives with Andrew and the Rams crew in the preseason. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, we got we get Andrew Whitworth up in the booth, and, yeah. um, and we're, just, we're just joking with him the entire time. It's great. That's great. Yeah, we do a we do a heavy sound segment at the end of the radio show, so that sounds like it could be in real things, real people said in real microphones today. Andrew Siciliano, not just guesting but helping produce the show, unbeknownst to him, uh, with us here on the Hoffman Show. Of course, Andrew, uh, NFL Network as well as the Rams uh, TV preseason. So, kind of putting your NFL Network hat on for a moment, Andrew. When you look at this Commanders job, they got the number one guy on the market for the GM uh, round of hirings uh, in Adam Peters, but for the head coach side of it, kind of in the national perspective where do you rank this job in terms of you know potential candidates i think it's it's pretty high for a couple of things number one the new ownership and the new gm and just a new slate you know wiping it clean and the opportunity to get in there on the ground floor on something new that people are optimistic about i think those are all positives and that number two pick doesn't hurt does it no not at all yeah you you combined uh New ownership, new GM, fresh attitude, um, fan base that that obviously we all know is is just dying and and energetic to get back in there for something new and fresh in the future. And the number two pick, 
I think it's pretty high. I mean, look, you could say Atlanta has an owner willing to spend money and great skill position players and all those things. Sure, of course they do. Um, and a winnable division in the NFC South, more winnable right now than the NFC East. Yes, all those things. You say L.A. has the quarterback and Justin Herbert, the great weather, and a brand-new facility that's opening in the spring. Yes, all those things. It, 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 there are There is competition out there. But when you have the ability to truly start new and be in on the ground floor with the number two pick, I think that's pretty attractive. No doubt about it. Uh, you get the chance to talk to so many people around the league, um, and, and you just talked about Raheem and kind of that it factor he has. Were there any other of the candidates that you know for sure? I mean, it's one thing you hear about certain things where you're just like, oh, yeah, I either know that guy or I know someone that knows him, uh, one degree of separation, where you know they have that it factor on top of, I think, the things that we all see. Like, we know Mike McDonald can coordinate a defense. We know Ben Johnson can coordinate an offense. We see the results on the field. But that next-level it factor that does so often go into being a successful head coach. I'll say this. If you talk to the people in Detroit, um, they they were so so happy that Ben Johnson didn't leave and and they feel like they dodged a bullet last year when, when Ben was this close to taking a job and then backed out, um, maybe backed out. It's not the right way to say it decided to stay. I think Ben, Ben Johnson has the it factor when it comes to coordinating and when it comes to uh, the belief that his guys, his offense have collectively in him. I think he does have that it factor. Um, Thomas Brown, who, yeah, I do know from here with the Rams, I think Thomas Brown will be a head coach one day. I I think uh, this past year was tough and people are going to hold it against him when everything went sideways in Carolina. It does not do him well when Frank Reich, I think, pressured by the owner, takes back play calling duties midseason after only giving them to him a few weeks earlier. But I think he will overcome that. Um, and look, everyone loves Dan Quinn, and uh, I do think he'll be a head coach again. And if it happens, I think it's probably in Seattle. But, um, you know, the way that season ended uh, is, is the first question I think you have to ask him when you sit down for an interview with him this cycle. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Andrew Siciliano, you can watch him on NFL Network. Great insight as always. Uh, hopefully I will see you both in Las Vegas Super Bowl week and, uh, and again in Indianapolis uh, for the Combine a couple weeks later. My Come friend. on, you're, you're not coming to Mobile? Like I, my, if I found dead today, I've had my head in my laptop for the past 72 hours getting ready for the Senior Bowl. So oh, yeah. To Mobile, buddy. I wish. I mean, if they would pay me. To, they, that's the thing, Andrew. And actually, I think the first time Andrew and I ever met in person was in Mobile. Um, I, they used to pay me because I used to be my job, but now they pay me to sit in this chair every day. So when I go the places, it's because I decided to go, not because you they sent me. You know, there are few things better than L.A. in February, and I mean Lower Alabama. I mean, it is. It actually, in all seriousness, Mobile of all the things I got to go to when I was a beat reporter, the Senior Bowl was my favorite one every year, hands down. Uh, I mean. Joking aside, I love it. It sets you up for the entire year, and you learn every player's backstory before they get to the league. And so many of those players yeah. are factoring this weekend, whether it's like Jaden Reed or Luke Musgrave or or go back last week and just here with the Rams. Last year, Puka Nakua and Steve Avila and Davis Allen and, and uh, all these guys, Byron Young, 
all those guys, senior bowl guys, and you get to know them and you get to know their stories before they, before they make it big. And senior bowl week is always more fun. If the, the, so at least one of the big quarterback prospects showed up. I mean, what I remember when Baker showed up the year that he showed up and the whole dynamic of the week changed, you got Penix totally. down there this year. And uh, there's some and others Bo that Nicks. might wind up. You got Penix and Bo Nix. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And, and Spencer Rattler, and yes, in years past, you've had Dak Prescott and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield. Um, who else? Um, plenty of guys. Yeah, so it's, it's a good time. there first. Uh, as they like to say down there, the draft starts in Mobile. Uh, Andrew does Very call good. that for NFL Network, uh, so you can watch their coverage there uh, when, when that gets going here in a couple weeks. But yeah, I, I will be in Vegas. I will be in Indy, so hopefully I'll see you there. And uh, thank you for your time uh, here today, my friend. Yes, sir. As always. Uh, that is Andrew Siciliano, everybody, with us here on the Hoffman Show. When we get back, uh, react to some of what he had to say, uh, especially about kind of that dynamic it factor nature in a head coach. That's next. Also, uh, I got a little bit of story time before Logan Paulson's thoughts on Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn at the top of the hour. Coming up at the top of the hour, Logan Paulson's thoughts on the two interviews of the day for the Commanders, Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn, two guys that he played for in Atlanta. Obviously, Logan was here with Raheem as well. Uh, had good relationships with both men. Uh, and it seems like everyone does. Seems like these are two guys that everybody loves. Um, whether that's enough, and obviously they're both technically very, very good at their jobs, uh, coordinated two of the top defenses in the NFL the last couple of years, um, but is that going to be enough to overcome, uh, you know, or enough to, I don't say overcome, but enough to to be the best candidate at the end of the day? We'll see. Uh, but they're getting their, their interviews today virtually with Adam Peters and the rest of the hiring crew for the Washington Commanders, and since Logan played for both, uh, what better uh, person to ask? So we'll have Logan and his thoughts at the top of the hour. Um, just had Andrew Siciliano on the show. I loved that Raheem Moore story about uh, him joining on the broadcast, Anthony. Um, that was that was cool. And uh, it just shows, like, I think there's, like, a right amount of taking your job seriously that you need to have. And also, there is such thing as too much. And I think that's something Sean learned uh, in L.A. was, like, Sean burnt out, and it actually isn't helpful. Like, you can, you can overgrind, if you will. Um, and, and you need to have a, a healthy relationship with the job and with your players, and it, just, it makes you a better leader. It makes you more dynamic. It, it keeps your creativity flowing. Um, it keeps your problem-solving ability high, and it seems like Raheem has that. And, again, in so many ways, it's a shame that he was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks so young. I mean, he was 33 when he took the job. That's how old I am. That's crazy to think, like, oh, yeah, I could be an NFL head coach right now. Shoot. Like, I can't imagine how much more I'm going to know about everything in 15 years. Um, and it's like, it's good as long as he gets another shot. I just hope that no one looks at him and is like, oh, we can't give him another shot. I'm not saying that means he should be the favorite here, but like, the more I learn about Raheem Morris on the field, off the field, around the field, everything, the more I, I like the guy and, and just really hope that he gets a shot somewhere. Cause I, and, and I hope that it, it goes well for him because he seems like the best dude that you could ever meet. Yeah, and I also just feel as though we've seen so many uh, retread coaches that honestly probably shouldn't have gotten second chances. You know, Josh McDaniels, for instance. But, you know, he's been given a second chance, and I think uh, Raheem, you know, having more time in the game, a chance to, you know, learn under some 
phenomenal coaches. Oh yeah. Uh, so I I just think um, he he's more than deserving uh, of an opportunity to be honest, and I'm excited to see. And hopefully he gets mentioned along with those 2013 Washington. Yeah. Franchise. Update the graphic. Please. Please, I, man. I was joking with Logan this morning. I was like, wouldn't it be nice if they hired Sloic or Raheem and it worked out? Because then you could find, like, so many franchises have benefited <laughs> from the Washington 2013 staff. Yep. This Washington not being one of them. So it'd be pretty cool if, like, eventually it's like, oh, yeah, full circle. Finally. Close finally. that loop. Yep. Um, unrelated to any of that. Anthony, I thought today was going to be an incredibly stressful day. It was a breeze? Whoa, whoa, what? It was a breeze? Like it was an easy day? No, it, it turned out to be an easy day because we, uh, my wife and I, were supposed to get our brand new couch delivered today. Uh, this couch we ordered back in October. We knew it would be 10 to 14 weeks, end of October. So we're it's it's on schedule. Uh-huh. But if we've been waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. And we get the call earlier this week. It's like, hey, or we get the email last week. It's like, schedule your delivery. Amazing. Schedule for for Thursday. Uh, it's like it could be 8, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's like, ah, crap, one of those, huh? And so there was a chance that I was like, am I going to have to try to do this show from home and also let someone in to deliver a couch because Rachel had something to do at 5.30 today and like, oh. you know, whatever. But no, okay, yesterday, get a text and a call to confirm, hey, your window is 11.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. So I was like, that's still kind of tight. And also, we had to move. We currently have two couches that we brought over from our old apartment. And they face each other. And then we got a sectional, so it'd be one big couch now. But we had to take one of those couches and move it up two flights of stairs in our home. And then we had to find a way to dump the other one. So Rachel and I get up this morning. We move uh, the one couch upstairs successfully. We're proud of our, us. We did it. No no marital fighting. Uh, just, just pure production from the Hoffmans. We're good at this. Um, it's right up our alley. We're lifting stuff. I mean, come on freaking fitness nerds over here um but then uh she had gotten on task rabbit and found uh, a task rabbit that was going to be able to come and take our old couch away i was like amazing this is fantastic so we put together uh some some other furniture that we had got to go with this couch and rachel goes and takes one of the boxes out i'm like putting on my shoes and my coat to go uh help her with the trash and and i get a phone call to tell us that our couch isn't coming today Oh, come on. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? They're like, well, we haven't gotten all the pieces to the warehouse yet. So, like, all the pieces have to go to the final warehouse, and then we deliver them to you. And we don't have all the pieces at the final warehouse. You know, the weather's delayed it. We're really sorry. And I was just like, look, I understand things happen. I understand. And I, I literally said this to the customer service rep, and I was like, I, I want to be very clear. This is not your fault. You're just the, the person who's answering the phone. I understand that the truck could have gotten a flat tire on the way here. There are no guarantees. But when you call me 24 hours prior to confirm the delivery for today, you don't think you could have mentioned that maybe we're still waiting on a piece and there's a chance? Because now... We got to cancel our task rabbit and thank God a shout out. If, if you're a task rabbit who was scheduled to deliver a couch this morning, uh, hope you like my takes cause you're coming to my home at some future date. Um, but he was great. Uh, he, we 
uh, obviously now have to make sure that one of us is home to deal with the new delivery, which we don't know when it will be because we haven't gotten a call back from them uh, to say, hey, we finally got your couch. We'll see you tomorrow. Nope. Uh, hilariously, we were supposed to have friends over for dinner tonight. They had to cancel before we got the couch cancellation, which turned out to be a gigantic blessing in disguise. But now our living room is hilariously disassembled because we just have the one couch and a place where the other couch is supposed to go. It's just, I just think that from a customer service standpoint, you can't prevent the weather. You can't prevent accidents. What you can do is when you're calling someone to confirm a delivery of a pretty significant piece of furniture that involves, and they even tell you on the call, please make sure the area is cleared. We need a clean path. We need, if you have any other couch, like I asked them, can you help us remove our old couch? They're like, no, we, we cannot do that. I was like, okay, fine. It seems silly that I couldn't pay you know, like you guys should offer that as a service. I'd pay you extra money for it. I'm not asking for a favor. You're a business, but it seems like you should actually have the couch. That's all I'm saying. You know, that seemed fair, not too demanding, not too high maintenance of me. Yeah, I'm just more upset that they confirmed the delivery only to tell you less than 24 hours later that they didn't have all the pieces. That is insane. Hey, we're calling a confirmed delivery of your couch. <laughs> Fast forward to the next morning, morning of delivery. Hey, sorry, we don't have your couch. You're so your delivery is canceled. It, it's like, man. yeah, no kidding, my delivery is canceled. You don't have the couch. You think you could have mentioned that yesterday? And it's been months. Yeah, it's not like I've been waiting on this couch for... I mean, that's the thing. If they were like, hey, we're really sorry, uh, we anticipated... Because if that, if that, this was the call yesterday, even. Hey, we're really, really sorry that, uh, you know, we know you've been waiting months for your order, um, but... We anticipated it being here by today for delivery tomorrow, and it hasn't arrived yet. As you know, there's been storms, and, and that interrupted delivery. Okay. No, hey, that's a bummer, but, you know, we've waited two months. What's another two days? Don't worry about it. Uh, please let us know when you have it. Instead, it's like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. Wow. Anyway. And you my- haven't gotten your new delivery date. No, unless Rachel has gotten a call since I've been on the air. Which she shouldn't have because they were supposed to call me first. And then if I didn't answer, they're supposed to call her. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we haven't gotten, hopefully, hopefully within the next, hopefully by Monday we have our couch. But uh, not great, Bob. Not great. All right, we get back. You know what is great? Logan Paulson and his insight on football, especially when we're talking about head coaching candidates that he played for. He played for Dan Quinn. He played for Raheem Morris. They're getting interviewed today by the commanders. Logan's thoughts next on the Hoffman Show.